So um, we've got a real special day today. Um, we're we're going to focus on a couple things um, that's unusual. You know, we've got friends. I'm going to stand here for a bit before I sit down because, as you can see, we've got two chairs here. Um, we have friends working in in some parts of the world where they don't get much attention. Um, they don't get much attention in the church. They don't get much attention as is, and, and um, they aren't a focus. And they try and stay kind of below the radar. That's intentional, which is not like a lot of um, other people uh, tend to live, right? They, a lot of people don't necessarily try and fly under the radar. Um, but Tim, won't you come up and join us? Many of you know Tim. Um, I know. So Tim and Carolyn both, they are awesome. They, um, some of you know them. They've been friends of mine and Karen's for many, many years. I met Carolyn before Tim met Carolyn. So that's one of the... <laughs> I was 21 years old when I got to know Carolyn. I, I got a new brother out of the deal, so I like <laughs> <laughs> Any case, but... Um, so Tim and Carolyn have been working abroad in, in places where Christianity is not allowed. And, and so um, we're really privileged when Tim and Carolyn get to come to town. And I know that Carolyn is not with us. She's still back in country there. So We have a little video of her. I don't know when do you want to do that, that now. It's up to you, whenever. Um, we'll, we'll, play that, we'll play that video in a... Well, yeah, why don't we roll that video, if you will, right now from Carolyn. She wanted to greet... And, well, she'll say hi first. Okay. Hi, everyone, and greetings from Amman, Jordan. Um, unfortunately, I won't be joining Tim on his trip to the U.S. this time, so we thought that I'd record a brief message just giving you some idea of what we've been doing over the past year. Outside of our kitchen window here, we can see the ruins of an oil press uh, that is at least 1,500 years old. Abby likes to tease me about my fascination with a bunch of old rocks, but they are significant to me. The word Gethsemane comes from the root words meaning oil and press, leading many to believe that the Garden of Gethsemane was an olive grove that would have contained an oil press, something like this, where the olives were crushed to extract their oil. This ancient olive press is a frequent reminder of the path that brought us to this place of laying down our own will so that God's will can be done. Our family has now been living in this part of the world for just over a year and we know that we are still in the early stages of our assignment. We are learning language and culture and it feels very strange being like children again learning to talk, learning to walk in a very different landscape. We do sense God's grace, not making it easy, but bringing us joy and fruitfulness. He has been faithful to see us through many transitions. In our lives here, we get to daily bear witness of Jesus, and we do see God at work, either through simple conversations where we share our faith and share stories of Jesus, or at other times through obvious divine appointments and even miracles and miraculous encounters. We are pouring a lot of our time and energy into a small group of key people. Our goal is to invest in a few in order to reach many. We are seeing what we call discipleship chains that link either individuals or families or small groups to others. 
We invest in someone, we study scripture with them, we pray with them, we coach and encourage them to pass on everything to others. And they in turn train those that they invest in to pass it on to others. In this way, we have been able to equip leaders in various parts of this region who through these discipleship links are reaching other cities and other nations, sometimes in places we could not go ourselves. Everything we do, we do through the support of our partners. We love hearing from you. We appreciate your financial support. We deeply value your prayers. If you want to join our secure prayer group, um, please make sure you talk to Tim about that. From our family to yours, thank you. Amen. There's the Aussie update. <laughs> and uh, I guess you can tell maybe who our video photographer was. The one sneaking in photobombing. So. Yeah. This is one of uh, Abigail's many talents. I think she should have worn a little red and white hat. Yeah. You know, yeah. where's Abby? Yeah. And then just pop in. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> just pop in. Abby is a personality, and, and mm. um, many of you don't know, may not, not know, but um, Abby was adopted many years ago from Ethiopia. Ethiopia, right? Yeah. 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 So she's a, she's a huge blessing. She, we were hoping she was actually going to join us, but she, she almost did, but she's in summer school. So yeah. she had to stay behind yeah because she was behind yeah <laughs> that doesn't happen in our household does it <laughs> never <laughs> no anyhow but um it's really good to have you tim i mean you know um there's there's missionaries and, and i've had the honor of meeting a lot of missionaries over the year i mean i, I think corin and i in many senses are missionaries ourselves we certainly have a mission's heart and um and this church does and 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 it's very evident but um, I tell you what, there's not a lot of missionaries that are out there that are, like, like we said, try and stay under the radar. And I don't know how many countries you guys have actually been in. Do you even have a clue? I think Carolyn has ministered in 50 now. 50? Yeah. Yeah. We've been to a few more than that. but. And you've, I mean, I know you've lived in a bunch. I mean, you've lived in a number of those, so it's not like you've just traveled right. simply to right. those. Um, I will say this, our latest deployment, which started on short-term trips um, in about 2015. Um, we had been uh, doing overseas, you know, cross-cultural ministry for about 20 years. And the Lord really challenged us uh, when we went to North Africa the first time, really challenged us about the 1.7, 1.8 billion people that are under the umbrella of Islam. And um, kind of friend in a friendly way, pointed out to me that we had been successfully ignoring these people for 20, <laughs> for 20 years. Um, you know, without meaning to, we just weren't thinking about them. And so that's what started the journey in 2015 towards us l moving there in 2021. Right. So in June of 2021, we moved to one of the countries that we felt led to. We were there for about five months. Um, it proved to be very difficult for Abby to do online school there. And we were working in the region, so the short story is we moved next door to where you just saw. Right. And um, that means we have 24-hour electricity, which comes in really handy, 24-hour internet, which comes in really handy. Right, because the previous country just to started falling apart. For right. Le right. Tech, I mean, uh, infrastructure-wise, yeah. you started having electricity yeah. how many hours a day? We couldn't. Uh, well, we got down to where we were only having it about 10 hours a day, so it would be on for two, off for three, 
on for one and a half, off for four, like that. So your refrigerator couldn't keep up. Um, we could have invested more and got generators, but the problem is gasoline or diesel also wasn't available on a regular basis. So um, we have, since having a teenager, come to the understanding that it's not just us <laughs> anymore. Because we, all we're kind them, of, right? yeah. It's all about them. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we, you know, Carolyn and I have done the whole camp out, sleep on the floor thing for I don't know how many years. Like, you know, what did, um, anyway, you had a friend that said, any idiot can be uncomfortable. But yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. But um, if you don't plan ahead and you're not smart, you can get unnecessarily uncomfortable. So this is not the point. The no. point is to go where he's sending you, but not to be unnecessarily uncomfortable. Right, and to be able to last. That was the right. same guy that you referred to. Carolyn exactly. and I knew him, yeah. and he was, a, he was a special forces guy that trained us on missions. And he said, look, it doesn't, it, doesn't take, it doesn't take a genius to yeah. be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to stay on the mission field, yeah. you better learn how to learn stay how comfortable. Learn how to survive and thrive. So. Right. So yeah, so we moved next door. Um, the only update that I have for you on that is we're still working in multiple nations. The networks we're working with are growing. Um, I can't talk about the exact details of that, but it's really successful. Um, but we are turning into more of a role of a coach to make other people successful underground where we can't go. Right. So um, when you're obviously a stranger in the country, you have to face that fact. Yeah. Um, there's certain places you couldn't and shouldn't go because you're going to make trouble. Right. But if you can coach people that can go, then that's, that's, and so that's our new role. So we moved from what was, you know how they always say you get what you pay for. We were living in a really cheap country. Now we moved to one that's more expensive, but we have electricity. <laughs> yeah. So um, I am here in the States to, uh, to talk about our needs, financial needs and prayer needs because everything needed to go up to another level because of right. the opposition of where we are. Right. So I just want to encourage you, I won't say anything else about partnering, but if the Lord was talking to you while Carolyn was speaking or while we're talking today, I just encourage you to come and find out the details and, and help us if you're supposed to be part of the team. You're right. No yeah. pressure. No, no, we don't. And, and that's one of the reasons. We, we, only have, we have four missionaries that we support, and Tim and Carolyn... Um, are in what we call the, what is popularly known as the 1040 window. There's actually fascinating facts about how many, how much of the church's money, by and large, generally speaking, the 1040 window is a section between longitude and latitude. In fact, do we have that slide that points out? That is called the, the 1040 window. Now look at those dots. That is, that is, the, that is what the unreached people groups the black dots or the dark dots that you see there are the unreached people groups. They are mostly in the 1040 window. Yeah. And now, um, Tim, did, can you read that? Or should yeah. want... you, why don't you read it? Okay. To, to give you a number it. for our task remaining, there are 3.5 billion unreached people left in the world. An unreached person is described as someone that lives in an area of no gospel presence, nor do they have any kind of access to learn about it. Approximately, listen to this fact, 88% of the world's unreached live in this 1040 window. 88% of the unreached live in the 1040 window, yet only 3% of missionaries the, the go crazy, into this area. The crazy people, yeah. Yeah, go into this area and less than 0.0001% of standard church tithe goes towards reaching these 3 billion people that have never been shown the love of God. 
Now that is sobering statistics, because there's a lot of there's for every hundred missionaries, there's 97 missionaries going to other places, other than these places. And Tim, why? Well, uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's it's more difficult, and and like anything that we've done. Uh, as any church organization or religious organization, we go for the easy stuff first, which makes sense. And, and I will say this, that I think part of this is God's strategy, the timing. It's not that we've all been disobedient, but right now all missions agencies in the world are aimed at this window. They've changed their motif, OM, IMB, a whole bunch of the leading um, missions agencies are now deploying to this area. So what's happened, and the good news is they have similar, what we call, you know, we're, we're what they call a far culture, but there are similar cultures in the South America in this region, and people are being deployed from here into this region and from here into this region because they're more like culture. Right. So I think the Lord has um, done this as a strategy, yeah. but it's, it's time to go after these people now. Right, I think there's an intentionality. Obviously, we all be obedient to what God is leading us to do, um, and 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 so it is. And and so um, I know that in that we we have. When I was in China, actually, I was shocked to find out that the Lord was. You know, we all talk about China being an, an oppressed nation. Well, you know, you know that we have massive amounts of people coming to the Lord in Iran or Iraq. Iraq. Uh, Iraq. Iraq and Afghanistan now are the two fastest growing churches on the planet. Which is, you know, the level of oppression there is way above right. even most of the places where we work. So. And tell us about the gender of the people that are the lead, becoming the well, leaders. <laughs> si similar to the church in China, which is now deploying a lot of missionaries, by the way, to like South Korea. Um, about, I think uh, the crowds told me 65% of the leaders in China are women. Yeah. And in the same with Afghanistan and Iraq. Right. The, it went way past one half. And so... You may not get the gravity of that, but the way women are oppressed in this region is way beyond anything. You know, I mean, I know it still happens here, and we're, I think America's trying to deal with it, at least to some degree. Relatively, yeah. yeah. But um, the, like in the country we live in, it takes two women's testimony in court to equal the testimony of one man. And this stop, is in a, stop there. I mean, that's actual legal precedent in the country they live in. And we live in a progressive Middle Eastern country. So woman's testimony is worth 50% of a men's Half, testimony. Yeah. yeah. So we're, in fact, we're in the country on a student visa because I'm studying Arabic. If Carolyn had gotten the student visa, Abby and I couldn't come on that visa. But because I have the visa, they can come with me. It's just the way the law works. Wow. It's it rubs your fur the wrong way, as they say, but, but it's where we live. But it's also an opportunity because so many of the women are uh, open to something else yeah. now that they, maybe they weren't open to before. So. And how is it going with your studies? <laughs> uh, pretty good. I'm in kindergarten, so I have been learning the alphabet and trying to learn somewhere between 25 and 30 words a week adding to my Arabic bricks so that I can build sentences. Mm. So it's, it's quite humbling to, at 62, start over again. <laughs> <laughs> Writing and everything. So I have new alphabet, and uh, I, I should have brought my notes in. They could put them on camera. It's a little scary, but um, learning a new alphabet is a, is a cool thing. I'm, I'm actually really enjoying 
learning the Arabic language, but it also teaches you about the culture, of course, what some normals, uh, a lot of their greetings are blessings, which is really good. Um, so it's a, it's a fascinating language, but it is on, I think there's that and uh, not the Chinese language, the other Chinese language, they say that Mandarin, Mandarin is yeah. probably the hardest too. So yeah. they told me, just be patient. It takes a little kid 10 years. <laughs> and you're old, so be patient. <laughs> so it's, but it's humbling and, and very enjoyable. I, I really like it. And then I get to practice with taxi drivers and shopkeepers, and you know we're able to wade out into conversations, right. always looking for spiritual conversations in the midst. Right. So. Why, why don't you talk a little bit about your strategy, or what, what is your okay, that so, the Lord's given you to specifically reach yeah, into this area? Um, I, if you can, I, yeah. I can um, speak in generalities, and that is, um, as we started coming to the region in 2015, we noticed that a lot of the people we were meeting with were new Christians, so they had what we call MBBs, Muslim background believers. So sometime in the last five years, they had come to Christ. And almost all of these people had some kind of vision or dream of Jesus or an angel, some way uh, their world was penetrated by something supernatural and then they had questions from this so they didn't exactly understand the vision or what jesus was saying to them and and um so we realized then that these people can reach their family group you know they can be the one that goes to cornelius or to the jailer's family or you know examples that we have where somebody else brings a family unit and then that family unit grows right. out so um, that's what we feel like the Lord's asking us to do, is to find people that can duplicate, multiply into their culture. So um, one example of, of uh, one of those networks that's working, and we just call them networks because um, you can call it a church or a church organization or whatever, but it's not a standard church like this. So it looks more like home groups um, or house churches, simple churches, whatever you want to call it. But um, because it's illegal for these people to convert from Islam to Christianity, they have to keep everything quiet. So um, to tell you the truth, I was really enjoying the loud worship <laughs> this morning because we don't get to do that because it would set off alarms, so to speak. Um, the neighbors would come, um, the secret police would come, this kind of thing. So we have to worship at a different level of... Wow. Decibels, yeah. <laughs> if if nothing else, um, and the same with praying in the spirit, we wouldn't be able to walk around and pray in the spirit before the service and be loud. You'd have to be quiet, mm -hmm. um, not to draw attention to what's about to happen in the meeting. So, um, our strategy would be to have in you know success in the next two and a half years. Our first three years deployed would look like having ten or twelve of these networks running. We've got about five of them running now. And this is in the region, right? This is in not the just region. in the country. Yeah. So you're moving fact, across borders. Yeah. In fact, working in our country with a network would be even more dangerous uh, for them. So probably, you know, there's a, there's a four-hour discussion on security, which, because it changes from country to country and city to city. But um, where we are, if we had, for instance, groups meeting in our house, that would end within a month. Um, people would notice, the police would come, and that would stop. That would be stopped, and then maybe we would get kicked out of the country. So they, they have the right, of course, to just end my visa anytime they want to. 
Um, and th the number one trespass to any of those visas is people converting, mm. which is the number one reason why we're there. So, so there's, a, there's a, a lot of wisdom that has to be used. But anyway, so we predominantly try to do things that are a little bit distanced from us for security reasons. And um, the next step on security is we could get kicked out of the country. They could get jailed or killed. So um, you have to think about the responsibility of how am I going to protect the people that I'm working with. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, and so um, you, I know that Carolyn, for example, just flew while, mm -hmm. while we're talking. She's, she's she just another. landed while we were worshiping. <laughs> well, just got text. Oh. She's, she just landed? Yeah. Oh, right there. So while we're in the service, she just landed in another country. So mm -hmm. she's working um, in another country right now. But you had mentioned to me, um, obviously, in the, in the Muslim uh, religion, mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't call it a faith, but it, it's definitely a religion. Right. Um, there are two basically, two basic, uh, what's the word, groups? Is it groups? Is it right the word? Yeah. Um, if you have yeah. to talk about that. Generally. And some of, the, some of the groups that, now, some of the believers that you work with that have become leaders, you, you've seen some incredible testimony. Why don't you right. tell us about some of those right. testimonies and some personal experiences of those dreams and visions and stuff? Right. So um, the... One team where she flew to just now, um, I don't know how much of you know about Islam, but there's two basic camps, and larger camps, and that's Sunni and Shia. These people do not get along. Um, one of the funny things we found out in studying Islam is that we, I think we have 1,400 denominations in Christianity just generally, which is a, unnecessary, but that's the way it is. Um, and Islam is just about the same. They have about 1,400 kind of camps of ways of thinking of the way we ought to do things or the way to interpret the Bible, things like that. So, um, but anyway, the two larger camps are Sunni and Shia, and these don't generally get along together or work together. But in this network where Carolyn just landed, there's a Sunni guy and a Shia girl who have started this network. They started in April. Um, last year, she's married. Her husband is also a recent convert. He's not. He lost his entire family um, when he became a Christian, like everything. His parents, brothers and sisters, his wife, every everybody turned their back on him. In fact, one of his brothers is what turned him in, which got him into jail. Um, anyway, they, they started in April, I said April, March or April last year, and now they're up to 180 people in that network. So that's about 10 or 11 small groups that meet weekly. And they have also sent somebody back to Syria, a girl, one of the daughters of the leaders here, went back to Syria. She lives in an ISIS area. Oh, I shouldn't have said Syria. Can you believe that? Um, <laughs> uh, so she's in a very dangerous area, but that, that group is growing. And then the, another uh, in network piece of the network moved to another city in that country where they are. So it's spreading like you would think it was and multiplying. So that's one example that I just said too much about. <laughs> I'll stop talking about that part. No, that's, that's excellent to hear because that's incredible to see the unity that Jesus brings into lives. And you had mentioned that a number of the people that have been born again have had a vision and dream. Tell us about some of those testimonies. Or right, so the <clears throat> I could, probably the easiest one to talk about is a, it was a great, clear picture of the gospel. One of the uh, men had a dream. He was searching for truth. He wasn't finding what he, 
you know, he wasn't satisfied with what he was finding in Islam when he prayed, prayed for the Lord to visit him, which is part of the Ramadan month-long prayer that they have. They pray that the Lord will visit them in visions and dreams, and he does. Big surprise. Um, so uh, <clears throat> he had a vision where he was being beaten and stabbed and hurt by these evil spirits. He's like walking through a, a place, and these black demon-like creatures, they call them jinn, and, but it's just evil spirits, um, were trying to hurt him and stab him and kill him. And a, a man in white walked up to him, and all the demons moved over to him. And the man in white said to him, you go for now, I'll take care of this. And so he started walking away in the dream, and, or in the vision, and uh, he looked back over his shoulder, and these guys were beating and stabbing and trying to kill Jesus. He said, it was his, I knew it was Isa, which is what the, they call, in Islam, they call Jesus Isa. Isa al-Masir, Jesus the Messiah. Um, so uh, that, but then he woke up from the dream and he didn't know what it meant. He'd, why would this? Why would Isa do that for me? You know, I don't understand what the dream meant. So for 14 years, he searched for a Christian in his country. He asked imams, you know, like the priest at the at the mosque. He asked everybody he knew, and finally he found a Christian who told him, "This is the story of the gospel. This is the story that Jesus paid the price and died for your sin." So that, that's one example of, of how it happens. Of, there's a ton more stories, but we probably don't have time for all no, that. But it's, no, it's exciting to hear. Because, you know, um, it's easy in the West, because we're so culturally bound in our thinking. Um, we think the whole world thinks like this, and it's only when you travel outside of your culture do you realize like, hey, there's a whole world full of cultures. Right. There's a whole right. world ways of different ways of thinking. Yeah. And, and so... Uh, they're, and obviously, you they're obviously all wrong. But oh, yeah, <laughs> except ours. Ours is the only one that's right. We see everything perfectly. And Well, I mean, you learn that very quickly that every culture has got its own paradigms and right. perspectives. And, and unless, you know, what we've been talking about recently was how Jesus and uh, John the Baptist before him said, repent. And, you know, before the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And repent literally means to change your mind be teachable because guess what guys the way that you think is not necessarily the way it is yeah. and and so we have to live in a paradigm where we're willing to learn and see things differently because in our culture and I'm just going to talk very frankly here we'll point our fingers at any particular people group or culture group and we will call them enemies right we, uh, that's generally speaking. We'll call them enemies. But, but when we step in, we become children of the kingdom. Um, we have a whole different paradigm on what, how God treats his enemies. And, and I've got Luke um, chapter 6 over here, verse 32. It's such a powerful verse because it's so deep and rich. In Luke chapter 6, verse 32, it says this, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners those, uh, love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you, if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great. Reward will be great. There are rewards. Um, will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. You know, God has always loved His enemies. 
And um, I, I, I know coming up in the culture that I certainly grew up in, that I had this idea that we, we had that, uh, that, that we had to love God and it was our job to love God. And if we loved God, then he would love us back. But only did I, when I realized the true gospel is that we love because he first loved us. And, and, and the, whole, the whole point of Jesus, of who he was and who he came to love, and he said, look, listen, love is going to be the central piece of this. If you love your enemies, you know, do good to those who hate you. You know, I mean, he said these are, in, even in, in John 14, right, he said, they're going to know that you're Christians by your love one for another. Um, and so when we adopt this attitude that says so-and-so is my enemy, whether it's a people group, a culture group, a religion, or the political aisle, yeah. if you stand up and start creating enemies um, because they don't believe like you, think like you, and you start departing from the ways of love. Now, I'm gonna, I know I'm treading on some thin ice because some people don't understand it. We've got to understand, we love people irrespective of what they believe. We love people irrespective of whether they sin or not. That does not mean that we approve of their beliefs, that does not mean that we approve of their sin, but that means we love them irrespective of their sin, just like you were. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. In, fact, in fact, Jesus said over and over, this is the measurement. You know how we have a, a standard meter and a standard foot, a standard yardstick. This is love, like love like I loved. Right. Yeah, love like Which I loved. Which is not... I love pizza or <laughs> no. you know, it's a different kind of love right it's a love that um, when you get treated wrong by somebody you pray for that person yeah you know I, it's I, not it's not an easy I, love. I, the, the guy I worked for and you know Ed for years I, well I worked for, for with Ed and traveled in Africa he said you know we accuse God of having the love of a sinner that was the phrase he used to use and I was like what he says yeah because as soon as you think God only loves those who love him then you're accusing God to have the love of a sinner because that's what Luke 6, the passage I've just read to you. If you love those who love you, what good is that to you? It says, don't you know that your father loves his enemies? He does good to the evil. He does good to the ungrateful. Now that flies in the face of a lot of Christian religion. Need to chew on that for a bit. <laughs> it really does because how that, th what we believe about that affects one how we receive the love of God for ourselves and how we respond to people that are apparent enemies. And when we uh, we're distill in that into into taking our lives in our own hands, or so and being obedient to go where the Lord sends, like you guys have done, you know, you going into places where it is under the radar and. You certainly, you don't certainly get a lot of pats on the back. I uh, know. <laughs> no. Um, somebody told me this week, wow, your life sounds terrifyingly exciting. <laughs> I was like, mm, no, we're not terrified. Um, I, I will say this comment on that, that, that being uncomfortable, um, but being on mission is okay. Um, and, and I, you know, I want us to think about this. Am, am, am I sharing the gospel in my world, at my workplace, with my neighbors? Am I, am I brave enough? Am I bold enough to endure the consequences of doing that if, if I get rejected? Because um, that's basically where we are now. We're in an antagonistic 
Um, and the U.S. has become a little antagonistic right. in some ways yeah. to, to Christianity, but they're not antagonistic to love. Nobody is. So they, people kind of tend to melt when you love them. Yeah. Well, and, and I told a testimony recently about the, the, the Satan, the, the, the founder, one of the co-founders of the, Satan, the Satanic Church in South Africa recently got born again in July this month, wow. was published um, in a lot of Christian magazines. You can pick it up on YouTube and so on where he, he got born again. And he had, um, and I had mentioned, most of the people in the Satanic Church, he says, are people out of the church. Mm. They got hurt by the church. Um, and their experience with the church is very negative, and so he's and that was his experience with the church, and and um, that to me is is so sad because that we should be the author. We we are the extensions of Jesus. We are the lovers. We are his hands and feet. If we're not loving them, who's loving them? And so he went to this radio station and was lambasting Christians as he used to. That was his thing, and and of course he gets a lot of people that resonate with that and join the church um, because they like yeah they they they, under, they do that but he had been approached by um, a lady who he called Amy I believe and she came up to him after the radio interview from this radio station and she just hugged him and just loved on him as a Christian and he says he never forgot how that made him feel it was a genuine love that he felt and he said he didn't understand it how he, after especially after being so so um so mean and then and then jesus appeared to him when he was doing a satanic ritual shortly after that um it was some uh, soon after that and he he was like yeah whatever he didn't know who this being was i guess whatever um he said well guess you if you jesus you'll just have to show me or something i mean he wasn't showing in any sort of respect um and he suddenly was flooded with love and he recognized the same love that that lady had shown him. And he said, wow. I mean, so he got born again because of an experience of love. And then the article sadly finishes off with him saying, but I, I won't go to church because I've never found a church that actually loves. Isn't that sad? Yeah, we should be able to find a family and a home. Um, I think it's what people crave is they're looking for God and truth and family. Right. That's the way we're made. Right. Whether we know it or not, we're thirsty right. for that. We're hungry for that. Yeah. And I love the way Corin always says this. She always says that, you know, we've got to separate the sin from the sinner. When we love people, don't look at their sin just like we don't look at ours. We, don't, we want people to judge us by our intentions, right? right? That's what you say, hey, sweetheart? Not by our actions, yeah. yeah. By the way, I did forget to mention, if you have any questions for Tim, we're going to try something new. Would you like to text a question? If you have any questions for Tim, um, you can text um, a question to our Text in Church number if you're online, or and Corin will check those now live, and, and maybe we'll be able to field some of those. So if you have anything specific that we can, we can deal with, feel free to... To, yeah, to that'd, be, that'd be fun, probably. Yeah, yeah maybe a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the answer may be I don't know. But it's, <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. So if you want to want to get your question fielded here, that would be great. Yeah. But but love, it's, uh, you know, what you're talking about to me is just such a practical Christianity because I, you know, that's what I think we at Lake Haven long for is just a genuine, authentic Jesus experience in our lives and being able to take Jesus to the world. Theoretical or relig religious, uh, sanctimonious 
uh, Christianity that is like w which uh, we see in the in the Bibles. We know in the New Testament, you know, so we don't have any power with that, right? right. Words without any sort of effect, empty, yeah. hollow words versus being like let's let's get down dirty, so to speak. Let's right. get a let's take the gospel to the world in a very practical way. Right. I I will say this as an American who lived a lot of my life as a you know, like a nominal Christian, I would be afraid to witness to people. I would be afraid to start spiritual conversations. Um, and I, eventually you discover that you shouldn't be. It's an unrealistic fear. It's a, I mean, most people, if you ask them, uh, when they tell you at work or your neighbor tells you my leg's been hurting or something, it, it's not a very big jump to ask them if the, you can pray for them and lay hands on them. Yeah. It's not a very big jump. And most people won't say no. I have been told no in the Middle East. Yeah. No, I don't want you to pray for me. Now, okay. now, you were telling me, too, that's a, in a day in your life when you go to school, you normally catch an Uber or yeah. something, right? Yeah, an Uber or a taxi. And so I'm learning enough Arabic now after five months, five months of being in kindergarten. I can greet and, you know, give directions and things like that to people, but also starting to talk to them about their family. And then at least maybe a half of the people speak a little bit of English. So the normal questions are, are you married? Do you have children? This is the Middle East, because there's something wrong with you if you're not either married and have children. They think you're broken, you know, right? So um, that's where the discussion starts. And then of course, when you ask, ask those back, anything you ask about their sons or their daughters becomes an instant doorway into their life. So um, I always try to be sensitive. Um, it's one of the things that the Lord's really been dealing with us against uh, about since we moved into the region is this, um, the, the terminology, well, the science, or whatever you want to call it, of abiding. It's a, it's a real mindset to always try to answer and listen while a conversation is going on. Try to listen to the Holy Spirit inside you while this person's talking. Mm -hmm. Is there, and you're asking the question, is there room for a spiritual conversation here? Is this person ready? You know, should I take this, this next step? And, and it's one of the things we can do, I think, here in America, too, is just be conscious um, that... In a lot of our worlds, you know, the scripture says, take him into all the world. You might be the only person going into your world, into your work, your neighborhood, the hospital, the grocery store. You might be the only opportunity that person's going to have to hear the good news. Maybe not. Maybe you're going to be a, you know, plant a seed and then the next person's going to water it. But if we're not conscious that we're on mission, if we're not conscious that he does want to use us, um, one of the words from the songs that you guys just sang was stepping into the grace. Mm. And I thought, this is, this is how easy it is. Um, grace is waiting for you to take that little step. You know, if you get a nudge, I love that. if you get a nudge and you step into that grace, you're going to notice it. Yeah. You're really going to notice it. Oh, this person really is ready. And, it, you know, you don't have to do the sinner's prayer with every person you plant a seed with. I'm not saying that, but but just be willing to love them, 
care about them, ask about their kids. For me, this is an easy doorway in anywhere in the Middle East is ask them about their oldest son and then what about your daughter? What's that? And the dads will just light up. These people who had no joy, you know, when you got in the car, it just completely turns them around. Just to ask them one question. Because it's a very family strong structure. Yeah, super strong, super strong. So I think that, that I was really glad to hear that in both the songs. I wrote down two lines, grace is waiting for you. And this is when we talk about witnessing or sharing the gospel. And in your grace I stand was a line from one of the other songs. It's, it's a great place to be and a real freedom if we step out into that. So I want to just encourage you guys this week, just try to look for one opportunity. Right. You know, we don't change our habits real quick, but we, we can change them just right. a little bit at a time. And learning to step out yeah. and be bold. And if people laugh at you, so what? Yeah. Some of those really wanted to hear it, but they're not going to admit it until next time. Right. Right, because, I mean, it's so easy for typical churchianity, yeah. churchianity to yeah. say, well, you're the missionary. Yeah. I'm not the missionary. Right. I'm unqualified. I haven't been to Bible school. What do I know? Right. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm powerless here. Yeah. Um, but yet most Americans, from my experience, know so much more about the gospel as it is right. than most people in the world. pastors over, over there. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a, and it's, yeah, there's an unrealistic fear of, you know, that comes up, don't share, you know, right. that tells you not to share or makes you afraid to share, whatever you want to call it. Right. And uh, some of it's just boldness and giving it a shot. Well, and, and like we've spoken so often before, the act of love is an opening, opening door, right? right? You so, caring about them. It's not some big sermon you got to have or whatever. It's just looking for... What's, what's important to that how person? How do you communicate can we care about? to your person? Yeah. And that's a question for all of us, right? Is like, how do you communicate care to somebody next to you, your neighbor, your boss, somebody on the road, you know, somebody of a different political don't, party? Don't talk about traffic. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's a no-go zone. Everything's free in traffic. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but, but I, I, you know, we spoke about... Um, kingdom, you know, we're, we're, we're children of the kingdom, right? When, when you get born again, you do know that you've been delivered from the dominion of darkness and you've been brought into a kingdom. A new family. A new family where in kingdom, the kingship that we're under means we have a Lord and a Savior. You know, we say that he is both. Yeah, he becomes Lord and Savior. So we step into this, this kingdom. And I love how you put some of the the um, phraseology. Yeah, we, uh, Carolyn preaches a sermon that's called Jehovah and Sons, you know, the family business, uh, which I like because I, I grew up in a family business of, of in construction, and my dad was a carpenter, and um, like from the time I was Ethan's age, I was, you know, doing things in that business. And then I got a little bit older as a teenager, I started having some responsibility in that business. Some expectations were on me. You know, I started taking on the family business. Then when I got up to 18, 19, I was running a crew of guys that were all older than me, but I knew more about what we were doing than them. So it's an important point I want to stress to you is I didn't know as much as all these 20 and 30-something guys about everything, but I did know more than they did about this carpentry work. So I wasn't Mr. Know-it-all. I was humble when they would talk to me about things, but I did know more. It was the truth that I did know, know more than they did about 
this. And I think this is where we are with our witnessing the people or whatever you want to call it, sharing the gospel with people is we have to admit in humility, I don't know everything T knows about motorcycles. I don't know everything you know about your business, but maybe I know a little bit more than this neighbor or my grocery store guy about the Bible. And so um, it's if I'm going to be part of the Jehovah and Sons, I take on the family business, and the family business is spreading this light, spreading this word, spreading this love, as you say. Mm. And loving people is not that hard. Some people are hard to love. I, I will give you that. Some people are a little bit harder, but these are the ones, you know, we can start with some easy targets <laughs> to start with, um, to get used to it and set some new habits. But I, uh, yeah, I just want to encourage you today to, to think about during the week, just have in the back of your mind abiding. Lord, would you want me to say something to this person I'm about to, who's about to wait on me at a store or I'm about to encounter at work? Uh, somebody going through something hard. Did you want me to pray for them? Mm. These kind of, they're simple things, but they're showing love. Right. And that it'll almost always open a door. Right. I, I love um, when we talk about Acts 1.8 and it talks about the promise of the Spirit. And, um, and Jesus the said power that. power to be a witness. Right. right. He gives us, when we receive, you know, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus told us, listen, don't leave Jerusalem. He tells the, the, yeah. the, the disciples up there, he says, don't leave Jerusalem until you've got this power from on high, this ability on high. And we'll talk a bit about grace a little bit here in a, in a minute, but, but this ability of the Holy Spirit provides. And I love this. He doesn't say this, this ability will give you the power to go and witness. Exactly. He says that he will make you a witness. You will be a witness. A friend of mine in South Africa, and you've probably heard the phrase before it became popular, we're human beings, we're not human doings. <laughs> you know, you know, and and the, tr the truth is that we, we actually, you know, when we are born again, we actually are new creatures, according to 2 Corinthians 5. We have been recreated. And so what we, after we get born again, we really are on a, on, a, on a discovery process, not of becoming something we're not, but of discovering who we have been already made. And there is a world of difference versus transformation and trying to change, etc. But one of these massive areas is that you are actually a witness. You, you actually, all, all you have to do is, is allow yourself to be who you are. And, and the Holy Spirit inside of you, it, it's way more, quote-unquote, natural, if you want to call that supernatural natural, um, as Watchman Nee used to say, you know, um, the, 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 the normal Christian life. But, but basically, but that is your new nature. Your new nature does operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Your new nature does operate. Your, your new nature hears the voice of God. Your new nature um, knows how, what words, how to follow the words of wisdom, how to speak words of knowledge and, and, and you know, all of these things. Words in, and operate in all the, the nine gifts or right. more than nine gifts, and actually. It's, and it's simple yielding to it, just like you yield to pray in the Spirit. Right. Just like you yield to love somebody. Yeah. I must, I must uh, mention, many of you know Hans Erlinson. He, he comes here um, from Colorado, and Hans loves to, quote-unquote, activate people and remind people of who they are and what the gifts of the Spirit really are. So in, in, in a very practical sense, so Hans, by the way, just this week we have nailed down dates. Hans is coming on September the 11th, and he's going to spend like four nights with us. 
So we're going to do it on a Sunday morning and for four nights. I put it in your calendars, but we are going to have an activation time together. If you want to know more about the gifts of the Spirit and how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit in your life, then I want to encourage you, come that Sunday morning on September the 11th. I think it's the 11th. If it is the 11th, right there? And then we'll do it Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. And we'll have a place. And listen, guys, it's about being practical. It's, it's, not, it's not this ethereal, mystical weirdness. We're not talking about flip-flopping and being weird, you, you know. Listen, Pentecostalism got weird at some stages, you know, and, and I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to call it for what it is. Some people just right. were, were afraid of it because they didn't want to. I mean, it was crazy. If you, I couldn't even yeah. say out loud what we, we saw happening. No. no. <laughs> well, anything, any subject that we talk about, there's a ditch on either side of the road. There's ultra-conservative or ultra-crazy. And somewhere in the middle is truth. Right, right. <laughs> this is where we want to try to stay. <laughs> yeah, it's Carolyn I quote often who says, for every mile of road, you get two miles of ditches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not that hard to find a ditch. No, no, it's not. <laughs> all but you got to do is stop listening to the Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all in the Word of God. If, it, yeah. if the, para, para, the parameters are in the Word of God, then that's where we stay. But, I mean, you get people that one stage in South Africa, at least, and I take it away from here just in case, but when one stage there were people jumping up and down and... Uh, uh, barking like dogs and barking in the spirit and then they were yelling they were warring tongues at some yeah. stage and people were dressing in military clothes and marching in and there was yeah. there was there was people flip-flopping around i mean the term holy rollers came from yeah. come yeah. from people rolling around yeah. Yeah. you know and, and i mean it's like guys that's not the purpose of the no. spirit what is what does the bible tell us to judge by the fruit so were those people getting really blessed or were they just kind of goofing around was anybody else getting blessed by it? Was there any fruit coming from this? So right. And, and what I love about you, tell. because the Holy Spirit, you know, in your example about just a day in the life of where you're going to go, you're going to be sensitive. Okay, listen, I have an opportunity with this Uber driver. Yeah. And you're going to be hearing and listening to the Spirit of God inside of you because you've trained yourself to yeah. listen. You know that yeah. he, he never stops talking, right? He knows that he's talking to you all the time. He is. You don't earn the voice of God. He's always talking. The question is, are we sensitive enough to hear him? Or have we drowned out his voice with all these other things that we're tuning into? You know, we've got 15 different radio stations playing different kinds of music, and then we wonder why we can't hear the words of this other song. Right. But really, the Spirit of God, because he is the Good Shepherd, he is always leading us. He's leading you. I'm telling you, he's leading you in your children. He's leading you in your business deals. He's telling you when to get your money in the market, out of the market, yeah. where to get a job, where not to get a job, who to be friends with, who not to be friends with. Amen. I believe that he leads you into life and into purpose. You know, Amen. He, Amen. Always. 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 He doesn't. He doesn't stop. And the good news is that voice that's always there is always trying to help you. Yeah. He's trying to help you be more successful and more fruitful in every area of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we forget that he <laughs> said, I came that you might have joy. Yeah. I am life. You're right. We, we settle for existence sometimes rather than right. moving towards life. Yeah. If we're not abiding with him, this is my question, if we're not abiding with him, are we having life? Right. Or are we just existing? Are you miserable living in there because you don't have... No. I mean, because no. a lot of people think that missionaries are miserable yeah. because they're living out there. No, it's, uh, it has 
drawn me towards more abiding. Mm. And I love it. I love the whole lifestyle of it. Um, and I'm able to now, you know, focus it back into my work and into my family in ways that I didn't do it before. Because mm. I was, you know, you try to do things mentally. You've got a lot of experience in an area, so you think you know something. Yeah. 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 Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, humility is a really good thing, and all it is is the truth. It's just the truth. Um, you know, T probably knows 300% more about motorcycles than I do. But do you know much? how much there is to know about motorcycles and how much he knows? Yeah. He might know 5% of what God knows about motorcycles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, there's this scale of knowledge, and, and we, like a child, you know, I have a teenager at my house whose least favorite two words for me to hear are, I know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, you don't. You know, but you think you do. Right. And, the, and we do it all the time as yeah. adults. Yeah. You know, we'll judge other people or we'll right. say, think, I know what that means or I know where to go to fix my car. I know. I have a, you know. Mm. And the whole time the Holy Spirit's whispering, don't go there this time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much wisdom and grace that we accidentally ignore by being prideful. Mm. Um, one of my favorite teachers says, you know, pride is not one of those things that you conquer. Mm. Every morning when you start to get out of bed, that thing is standing there looking at you. <laughs> you can yield to me. You can yeah. be full of pride today. Right. But the downside, like we were talking about yesterday, is then God has to resist you. Right. Yeah. There's no grace. Yeah, there's pride and pride. God can't operate in the, in that no. that with a no. with a person that's got a heart of pride. You've got the door shut. You you basically are shoving God out the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when we have humility, He comes in, and it, it's always better. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. And you know, when when we always like, you know, if only we wouldn't, even only we would just stop and say, okay, Lord, help me here. What yeah. don't I know? Yeah. With my teenager or right. my wife or exactly. husband, you know, whatever. Yeah. What don't I know here? Yeah. Can you help me, lead me, guide I'll, me? I'll say this to the marriages too. I've been married 26 years, coming up on 26. And just because you've been doing something for a while doesn't know you, mean you know how to do it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and being married is one of those things for sure. Um, it's, it's a great place to be led and it's a great place to yield to love. And the same with the teenagers. They... Uh, or toddlers, oh my gosh. <laughs> they call it the terrible twos for a reason, right? You're like, this no. kid is so defiant. How did that happen? Yeah. No. You know, no. <laughs> Favorite word, yeah. In, in fact, our flesh needs to be told that no mm. sometimes. Mm. Um, it's the favorite word for the Holy Spirit to say to my flesh, no. <laughs> You're not going to eat that. You're not going to go there. So. Right. Um, but he's protecting us the whole time. Mm. You know, it's about helping us like we talked about. Mm. But the, these areas of yielding, um, they speak to the subject of us having a Savior and a Lord. Mm. Mm. So sometimes Absolutely. we just want the Savior part. Right. But we don't understand. We, we, if we knew how much he loved us, we yeah. would willingly jump Yield. into Lordship. Yeah. Exactly. Because he wants, he wants it better than we think we want it. Exactly. <laughs> he was going to help us. One day we're going to like, realm. you wanted it this good for me? Why didn't I do that? <laughs> well, Why didn't I just let I tried. You, you wouldn't let me. You yeah. wouldn't let me. But you mean I could have had it this good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's one of those things we 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 think we know better. You know, um, you know. Mentioned grace. You mentioned grace as well. You know, grace is waiting, and I love that because grace is is we, grace. The grace of God is for truth. We know grace and truth. You know, I don't know how many times in the New Testament grace and truth are yeah. bound. Right? Yeah. Grace and truth, or you know, grace and peace, and there's certain links you see mm -hmm. um, to them, but. Grace is God's ability that works in our heart that enables us to do which, that which we cannot do in our own strength. Exactly. You know, and so, but grace is there where truth exists because you can't get grace for something that's not, no. there's no truth for. But grace is waiting there, but we access it through faith. And, and I think where you and I, you know, we came out of a movement which was typically called the faith movement at some stage. And I, I loved what we were taught about faith, but we, we, we left sort of the grace piece out of it. It was like if you faith it, if you have enough faith, if you get this faith and faith, 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 faith. And it, and it was all about, you know, the amount of faith and you felt like you were to get stuff from God with faith. But, like but going to the gym, you got to build it up. Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. But Not now, but, but when we learn that it's grace grace that does it. It's by mm. grace that we have been saved right. through faith. Yeah. Faith is the access point. It takes us persuading our hearts believe, to be able to access that grace. So grace is waiting, like you said there, I like step that, into, yeah. to step into by faith. Yeah. We step into it. It's not our ability, no. but we step into that ability when we yield, when we say, okay, God, there's truth. I see the truth of what you've made me in Jesus. Yeah. Or whatever that is. And then I trust him enough to step out. Exactly. I trust his character, that he's going to yeah. hold me, he's going to be there, yeah. but I'm going to step into that. That's another, well, one way to look at it is that's, that's our faith being activated as we right. take action because we trust, because we have faith in him. Right. We trust and we step out into that. Right. And, and I, I love this, this scripture because, um, you know, there was, there's this grace in, in um, uh, well, I'll get to... To, the, to this piece over here, but obviously you're raising funds here for your ministry and for your family to do the work that God's called you to do. Now, I'd say this again, Tim and Carolyn don't have a ton of supporters. They used to have a philosophy of having hundreds or whatever mailing letters. I don't know how many you used to send out, but now you really... It was like 300 before. Right. Now we have less than 80. Right. But those 80 are really with us. Right. And this is what the Lord talked to us about. He said, you're... You're scattering seed on the concrete. Mm. Mm. <laughs> How yeah. about you put it in the dirt that I tell you to put it in? <laughs> so here I am putting it in the dirt that he told me to. Yeah, so. yeah, right. So you're calling Lake, Lake Haven the dirt bag? No, way. no <laughs> we, call it, we call it fourth soil. <laughs> fourth soil, the good, good the, the one that produces fruit. Right. Remember there were four kinds of soil yeah. in the parable, so they called fourth it soil. a fourth soil. I like church. that. I like that, the fourth soil. I like that. It's a, a little bit better than dirt. It sounds better than dirt, right? <laughs> no, but, but you know, there is a grace. Um, you know, there's... For, I, I feel, I believe, you see Jesus sees the unseeable. He sees the people that do things in secret. Mm. And I believe that he is going to trumpet those people in, in when we do get to the real reality remember this this temporary existence is really just super temporary right i mean here 80 100 years is a drop in the bucket of eternity and and so you, you know when when we see and live life with eternity in mind you know it's gonna it's, it creates a whole different paradigm of existence you know and so and so when you see people that 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 
that live for it with eternity consciousness and live like you do where you where you've prioritized the gospel and kingdom and the people and you're saying okay well these people are on a Christless eternal destination unless somebody does something about this and you're one of the very 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 few that are going to do it and and I hope that that you know as as you hear Tim Tim's testimony that you do connect with them if if God puts it on your heart to, to get behind them so that they not have to be 0.00001% of that giving. <laughs> yeah, let's move it, <laughs> move it up a little um, for you to, to be able to do that. Because, I mean, you were telling me your rent alone in this country is like $2,500 just for rent. Right. Right. That's for an apartment, not a house. If we wanted to rent a house that would be similar to the one we sold here, um, would cost about 50000 a year to rent it and about a million and a half to buy it. Wow. The house that we sold here in, in the States, which was yeah, just a three an two, average, just you know, regular family similar, home. Similar house to yours, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy in any case. But, but, but you know, there is a grace to give, and there is a grace to, there's a grace to connect. If, and, but guess what? There, in, in fact, um, in Second Corinthians 8, and I love this because um, speaking about the Macedonians, um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, it says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty has overflowed in a wealth of generosity in their part. I love that because there it had nothing to do with their income, economic. their economic situation. But this is, this is the part I want to get to. There, it, 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 there was an extreme generosity on their part. And then in verse, um, in over here, I think it's in verse 7, it says, But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, in our love for you, see that you excel also in this act of grace also. I love that because you know that giving can be an act of grace. But grace is always waiting. Grace needs to be stepped into. You know, grace is something that you make a decision with and you say, you know what, Lord, I want to participate in this grace of generosity. And I believe that you, you do open doors in your life, not because God isn't wanting to bless you. He's wanting to bless you. But it's, it's, it's sometimes we limit God in our lives because we don't step over into a grace of generosity. And God wants you, I'm telling you, God wants to, he always wants to get stuff to and through you. And, and so I, a challenge that, that we all have, me and Corin and everyone has, is, is there aren't, you don't visit a lot of churches when you come around. And we have an opportunity to, to target giving in a sense that, sure. that, that we can hook up with the grace that, that God's called you to do. No, we, um, you know, I can tell you story after story of wonderful things that he's done through your giving. You guys have been one of our faithful partners for a long time long time now and we're super grateful um it's it's been a real i mean i i really look forward to one day introducing you to all the people that you brought into the kingdom that's so exciting to me that's like <laughs> one of the best parts is of having partners and humbling part of having partners um you know we for a couple of years we ran out of my salary we just operated the ministry out of my salary. We had a few partners, and um, the Lord corrected me. Have you ever? Has He ever corrected you? <laughs> he said, "Actually, Tim, you need 
those partners and they need to give. Mm. They need an opportunity to sow into something eternal and you need their prayer support and their partnership in order to be able to go where you're going. So uh, it's kind of like being a soldier. In one battlefield, you use one tactic that works, and then in another battlefield, that tactic doesn't work anymore. And so we are in a, like a totally surrounded mode. I don't know if you want to call it guerrilla warfare or whatever, like kingdom um, special ops or something. I don't right. know what to call it. Yeah. But we're out there, the tip of the spear. Right. Um, and we need a lot of support behind right. us. It's just being practical. You know, we need pastoral care, which we get from you guys on a periodic basis. We need, um, you know, contacts for Abby to have friends back in the States. We need money to operate in a place where we can't work. Right. Um, or Medical have a religious visa. All, everything. Yeah, so we, right. we actually have good health insurance there that's cheaper than it is here. Oh, wow. So if anybody wants to come to better health care, <laughs> kidding. Come and join uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, I really appreciate all of you and your obedience to give. And I mean, somebody's giving every week. A bunch of you guys are giving every week for us to, for us to get a check from the church every month. But I want to um, ask and you. And just, just on that Lord's point, let me just interrupt you. Yeah. Just any, if you ever give on missions, that missions amount that we collect each month, Jen takes a portion of that and it's divided amongst um, our missionaries. So, so the more you get, but if there is specific giving, that's also what, sure. you know, we, we, they, the best way is to give straight to what is the right. best way? Um, How do you want, do you want to talk well, about that? Well, our, we have a website that is managed and, um, you can give through that. Um, and if you're going to do that, come and talk to me cause we won't put it on the screen. Um, uh, yeah, and then we have or contact the church. Peter, right. by the way, they contact the church if you're online and you are, and the Lord does stir you to give in your heart. Contact the church. T use the text in church number and just say, you know, reach out to Info. us, and, and somebody will be in touch with yeah. you to give you yeah. the detail. Right. So we have um, financial needs that are kind of grown by about forty percent since we moved to this other country. Did I say that already? I think I, I think did. So. You told me that. Anyway, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, so the, everything kind of moved up a little bit. And the funny part was that happened right around the time the inflation took off here. So we really noticed it in how and much giving. people were giving to us. You know, the inflation that happened here, it hit people hard. And I could tell because right. a bunch of our giving went away or at least went away for a couple of months. And now people yeah. have reapportioned or whatever they're giving again. But um, it's real to us too. The inflation yeah. happened on our side too. So. Um, just to give you a little cross-the-board update, gasoline now is almost as expensive here as it has been there. And whatever happens here happens there. So ours will go, you know, closer to $7 a gallon now that yours has gone closer to 5 Wow. It'll just keep going up. So, That's crazy. I thought they drilled there. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? I thought it would be cheaper in Texas too, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, the, the supernatural of God is always where, if you want to step into the supernatural, there's always an act of faith and stepping into, into that. And, and um, what you don't want to do is look at what's in your hand. Yeah. He, said, he said, prove me. Hmm. Give and prove me right. that I'll multiply it back to yeah, you. I remember Jesus, we spoke about the loaves and fishes. When Jesus had something in his hand, he had to recover his sight. He had to say, okay, five loaves, two fish, 5,000. Hmm. 
We need to pray. We need to, we need to, we need to see things a little differently, you know, yeah. and when you recover your sight. And, and if we're going to step into a supernatural place in our lives and, in our, in, and step into that, that is something. And, and we're not, this is not manipulation, folks. Just, you know, you don't, we never manipulate here. We, we abhor manipulation. But, but we do want to, when we have opportunities, you know, if you want to, if you want to give, commit, even if it's $5 a month or $10 a month, every bit just say, oh, well, $5 doesn't mean anything. It means something to you. It means something to your heart. If you give $5 willingly, watch what that does. Amen. You know? Amen. One of the things we did, which is bite-sized pieces recently, is we took 150 Bibles to this network that I was talking about. And those were costing us about $3 a piece. Wow. To have, so they could have a Bible in their language. And it just it has rocked their world. All the groups just jumped up to another level because wow. they're for the first time they've got a Bible in their language. Wow, that's awesome! It's very changeable stuff for for not much money. You know for what I'm saying? Much. Yeah, no, I know. It goes and it always multiplies. Babe, did we have some questions there? We should stop. When do you normally stop? Oh, do you want to use this mic? I'm not sure. Thank you guys for listening so patiently. I think you may have to mute that one, Clint. So I had a couple questions that came up here. Um, actually, it was interesting how many similar questions came in because it's the same type of question different people are asking. And, and I love to see their heart there. Um, one of the questions was, when you have those opening conversations where you're connecting with people about their life mm. and you're, they're responding to you, mm -hmm. what is your next question or what is the next conversation piece do you go in or do you straight go for the, do you believe in Jesus what, yeah that what works is that every time <laughs> what it, how do you open that conversation because even though you're doing it in right. Arabic yeah. we're going to have those same openers in English it's, it's really about yielding to the love that you have in you the grace that's to witness to that person so I would say there's the answer to a thousand and one questions is be led by the Holy Spirit. So when you, um, you know, we, we really like the whole cookie cutter, give me the formula thing. God is not like that. Um, he likes inventing cookie cutters, you know, <laughs> um, repeatedly. So um, I would say that this is a stepping out into that and asking questions, you know, just being curious, loving people. It all kind of flows together, but let yourself be taken down that road with them. And like anything, um, one of my favorite and least favorite marriage things, um, Carolyn would like it if I cooked more. Uh, I, I wouldn't, but anyway, she would like it if I cooked more. And uh, I said, honey, I'm just not any good at it. And she said, sweetheart, have you ever gotten good at anything you didn't practice? Like, Fair point. There she goes with that whole truth thing again, right? <laughs> um, and it, this is the way it is with stepping across this line, stepping out into this grace with people. You'll get better at it as you practice. You'll um, get more comfortable with it. And uh, I just encourage you to start, you know, maybe start on an easy target. Somebody at your work that you think maybe they used to go to church or they are a Christian, but they're not fellowshipping at the moment. Start with somebody easy. If you want to, or just go after the Apostle Paul, you know, the person that's a terrorist. I don't know, whoever you want to go after first. But I think taking that first step and yielding to that love 
that really is in there for other people. It's really inside of you trying to reach them. Um, yielding to that will help you with the next step. But I, but I hear you. I would love it if, if it was more of a formula, you know, if we had the top five questions and then right after that they're going to get saved, you know, that'd be great. But um, it's not that way. So you're going to, as you ask the first question about their family or something like that, you're just going to find out more about them. And then maybe there'll be another question that you, in, when you're genuinely interested in them, your curiosity will take you down that path that love will take. Will take. So um, a, a really easy way in is talking to people about their spouse or their kids. And I, I like to start there because in our world, that's that's the main, that's what they talk to you about first, you know. So it's a normal, you know, you're not doing some culturally crazy thing. Does that That's, sort of I answer think, it? Yeah, I think that answers the. Or, uh, or totally frustrate everybody who asked the question. <laughs> no, I think I think that's a that's a fair answer. One of the things that um, you know the Bible talks about. Paul sows, Apollos waters, or I think it might be the other way around. But yeah. sometimes what you're doing is watering a seed that someone else has planted, exactly. and if you think that it is about you and not about Jesus and their relationship with Jesus, you're getting mixed up. Yeah. You're That's not well creating a report card notching up converts. They don't yeah. belong to you. Yeah. you. You will one day find out the impact of the truth of the seeds that God gave you to sow. Exactly. So you don't have to keep account. He's got yeah. good eyes. He knows exactly how it's Amen. working. So um, another question that had come through was, besides supporting missionaries on the field, mm -hmm. in other words, where is a good place for me to start, an individual, you in the chairs, to start getting involved with missions? If I'm not ready to go out on the mission field yet, mm -hmm. what's in between? Well, I, I would say that the in-between place is either giving of your time, which could be prayer or um, service a lot of missions organizations need the practical help here um, I don't know if you're aware but we have to do taxes every year too um, we have to keep records we have to keep up with banking and mail stuff some stuff still comes in the mail did you know that crazy I thought everybody moved over to electronic but we still get things in the mail um, that happen and so somebody has to take care of that practical stuff um, that's a huge blessing to people that are overseas so it's not all about money, um, but also that, you know, just the practical stuff of banking, taxes, looking after their property. A lot of people have, you know, leave a car here, um, these kind of things, um, or loaning people a car when they're in town. So like this time, um, Lake Haven helped me rent a car uh, this time. So I, I, you know, and I asked you guys like two, three months ago, I was planning the trip and I was like, if you hadn't noticed, rental cars are like really expensive compared to what they used to be. Uh, and so I was just like, I don't want to go there. So I'm actually driving a Turo now. I don't know if you know, but I don't want to do an ad for them. But it's like the Uber of rental cars. Um, and so you can get them for like half the price. But uh, somebody loaned me a car for three weeks and then we rented one for two weeks. So those kind of things are big needs for missionaries when they're, when they're back home and someplace to stay having a bed and a washing machine and a dryer. It's always handy. So I think that the beginning place, if you feel like you're moving towards maybe a people group or a nation that you feel drawn to, 
definitely spend time praying for them. Definitely start giving something uh, financially and watch God multiply that. And I'm telling you, if you start with $5 a week, you'll, you'll see him answer that. And then the practical thing. So that would be three, three things that you could do with your time and your money to get started. And then you'll see it'll just scale up from there. I know that um, the, the, because of the nature of the work that you do, oftentimes mission teams are not a good thing in that area. Um, a couple years ago, I had the opportunity to travel with Carolyn to the Middle East, and we did some what we would call scouting or recon just to find out just to meet people, just to, to connect with leaders and things like that. Um, but it's not necessarily a great environment for a mission team to go to. But that doesn't mean it's not worth investing in. Mm. And when you recognize that sometimes the opportunity exists to sponsor a local missionary, in other words, some of the, the folk that you're working with in right. network, that you can sponsor a local missionary, somebody who's on the ground already, save you the airfare, and the visa costs, and actually help propel the gospel forward. So it's not just uh, you know our, our faces to the ministry, but the fact that there are more there's more depth to this mission field than just the faces of the missionary. They are trying to equip and empower the people who are taking the next level, and the next level, and the next level. Yeah. Amen, amen. I'll agree with that. The um, the trip that Karen Karen went on with Carolyn was a huge blessing um, because she really needed Karin on that trip. And it was a scouting trip. We were looking at uh, putting on a month-long meeting that was coming up, um, which was a complete huge blessing that everything that you did to make that happen was awesome. But um, these kind of strategic deployments, if you want to call them that, are, are very different from like the team that's coming back now. They're going to have huge testimonies, they made a great impact on the team that's there, and the part you're not gonna hear, or maybe you won't, is all that the individuals did, you know, the people they connected with, it'll be hard for you to hear all those stories, but I'm telling you, God was planning that trip months ago, and had, you know, certain people for your team to connect with while they were there, and it'll, it'll change their life. And hopefully, the, you know, the people who went, too, Absolutely. will come back with something, so, yeah, I think um, our region is a little bit different in that way that um, the more people you have, the more noticeable you are and you're already sort of under the microscope. Um, so it, it, we do do small teams. Small teams come and do projects and things like that or just do sightseeing trips and pray. And we, we live in a really cool area. I mean, anything to me where Jesus walked over there that's cool. <laughs> I really like that. I didn't think it would bless me before I moved to the region, but I really like it now. He went fishing down at that lake. <laughs> it's really, I don't know why it blesses me, but it's just weird like that. But um, there are opportunities for people to come and, um, I don't know if you want to call it prayer walk or whatever, but just pray with us on site. If you want to do something like that, talk to us. Awesome. Well, um, one of the scriptures that Shannon brought out in the thing was that Acts 1-8 where, you know, he says he'll, he'll empower you to become witnesses and then you will go to Jerusalem, 
Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And, you know, there is a mission field that is right outside our door. There is, and it, it's not just Walmart. It's Publix, too, folks. You can go to Publix and... It's definitely Walmart, though. Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying it's not just Walmart. Some people don't choose to go to Walmart, but Publix is a mission field, and, and the schools are a mission field, and the streets are a mission field. Um, you know, we, we, I know that the team that's just coming back from Costa Rica, Dr. Dave, David Ferking, is leading that team, and he's planning to go back to Costa Rica again in October. So if you felt like you missed out going on this trip now, here in the summer, there is another one that's coming up in, like, two and a half months, three months' time. So um, Dr. D is going to have an interest meeting for that on the 14th of August. So if that made your heart beat a little faster, come on, come on. Shannon and I both worked for two different ministries that were missions organizations. That's how we actually met. And I don't think that even if we ever retire from ministry, that missions won't be part of our DNA. And I believe that it has been in all its forms that this church has got missions at their heart. So I commend this church for that. Amen. Me too. It's been a really great relationship for us, not just to be part of what you do for us, but to watch what everything else you're doing. It's a huge blessing. Awesome. Tim, can I ask you, would you pray for us as we close this service? Sure. Father, thank you for your spirit. We ask you to come into the building and visit us in a stronger way than you have already. To flow into each heart now. Thank you that we're still beginning to understand how much you want to help us. What a good father you are. We look at our children and we want to pour out blessings on them. Help us to see that that's the way you are. That you want us to prosper. That you want us to succeed. That you want us to multiply in the earth. It's your design. It's not something we have to pray for. You already want to do it. So help us to be in agreement with that. Help us to step out in grace. Into the grace that you've given us. Help us to say no to fear and yes to trust and yes to faith and yes to grace. Each day this week, Father, I pray that you give everyone in the sound of my voice an opportunity to share your love. Help us move one step closer, one step closer to yielding to that on a daily basis. Not a huge life change overnight, but the beginning of a new beginning. Of yielding to you, of abiding with you, of trusting you. And Father, we do thank you for sending Jesus to be our Savior. And we're going to decide to let you be Lord of our lives. Lord of every area of our lives. Lord over our marriage, over our parenting, over our finances, over our occupation. Lead us and direct us in the way you want us to go. Thank you in Jesus' name. Do you want to dismiss us?
Come on, brother. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Give him a hand, please. We know that it's uh, we know that it's it's God ultimately, but it takes obedience, willing and obedient, as the word of God says. If you be willing and obedient, so thank you, the whole family, for being willing and obedient uh, to the call that God has specifically called you all for. And uh, just thank you all for your support. I believe that hearts have been uh, changed this morning in a positive way concerning uh, just mission as a whole, because we're all missionaries, you know, if you look at it in some degree, we all are. So that's super important. So as we stand, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, dismiss for now. Uh, until we come back together but um as as you notice as always we have our prayer ministers here and uh they are thoroughly equipped in the word and the holy ghost uh to pray and agree with you so if you're in need of prayer uh for anything uh that's on your heart that you're moved towards uh once again don't walk that way walk this way and let someone agree with you it's good to hook up with somebody, especially when your heart's tender, while it's tender. All right? So just come this way and let someone agree with you. So, Father, we thank you once again for such an awesome time in your presence. Just thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for speaking uh, through, not through the mic so much, but to people's hearts. Words were spoken this morning, believe, that, um, that touch individuals in jesus name and we just thank you that uh like uh, as pastor shannon always says that we just strike strike while it's hot so that folks would choose to strike while it's hot and uh so thank you that we're continuing to go on in you and in your grace and in your favor and uh we just give you praise and glory for your hand being on our lives in jesus name amen praise the lord you are blessed you're blessed please come prayer <laughs>